there's so many things that would fight for our affections, false things that give the impression that they can satisfy, but they never can. And it's only until we stop really even as a child and look at the manger and the Christ child born to die, not just our salvation, but the satisfaction of our soul. There's so many things around Christmas that come just rushing at us. And I'm thankful that it gives us this time of the year to stop, to pause, to consider, and realize there's no satisfaction apart from Jesus. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1.14 Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Christmas sermons included this from the celebration of Advent, where he said, "...is possible only to those who are troubled in soul." who know themselves to be poor and imperfect, and who look forward to something greater to come. You know, Christmas is a season of traditions. To most kids, Santa Claus is the face of Christmas, and that face is everywhere this time of year. But Christmas can also be a season of sadness, of lost hope and disappointments. Welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. We do want to wish you a Merry Christmas, and we want to talk about the season with my good friend, Pastor Mike Delisle, who is pastor of Evangel Church. Merry Christmas, Mike. Merry Christmas. Tell me about the season for the Delisle family. You're a grandfather now. Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> this season is, um, is a new one for us. So in 2018, three of my children, I have four, three of them got married. And the first one to get married, my son, uh, he has now had a daughter. So this will be our first Christmas with a grandchild. Everything changes. Everything changes. Yeah, just, it's exciting. Just like that, quickly. It's a very exciting time. It is an exciting time. I'm a grandpa, too, so I can enjoy those sentiments and really have excitement for the season with kids. It's always fun. That verse in John 1.14, the message says, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. I love that. I need to know He's in my neighborhood. I do every day, uh, right? Every day. Every day. Why do you think God went so far to move into our neighborhood? Well, I think we have no capacity to understand God. We have no capacity to really grasp His love. It absolutely shows there was no length that He was not willing to go to. I think it's such a condescending love that He would, he would take on flesh so that we would know He knows us. He didn't discover anything new, but He discovered Himself to us. And that's an incredible thought. Obviously, as a child, it's very exciting. You're thinking about, you know, the toys and looking through, in our day, the Sears catalog. The, the wish book. The wish book, you know, <laughs> circling all the things you would hope to get for Christmas. I remember there was a nativity set that had been in our family for a long time. And there was a simple little yellow warm glow light that was in the top of it that illuminated figures in the nativity. I would just be mesmerized, staring for long periods of time. Yeah. Looking at the baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the sheep and the animals, you know, that Absolutely. were in that stable. But it didn't really connect with me, you know. And I yeah. think for a lot of people, they have the sentiment of, of maybe even have a nativity scene similar to what I described. And it's a tradition to put that out, turn that little yellow glowing light on, you know, to reflect <laughs> everything. And it wasn't for me until, my goodness, I was 16 years old when I first understood why Christ came to earth. It was interesting. You came to know the Lord at 16. I was 17, and it was December 2nd of 1983. So for me, Christmas, at that point, the dimensions, the vividness of it, the reality of Christmas, and you're right. Uh, you can understand the traditions. You can look forward to the things that we do at Christmas. But until you know the Christ child, until you realize that baby was born to die, you can't fully appreciate the depth of it. 
that's one of the things I'm so thankful for, that he went so far to, again, reveal himself to me and show me the depths of his love. Yeah, to see it as his child is an incredible thing. You know, this time we go to church, a lot of messages uh, centered around the birth of Christ. Yes. And usually a pastor like yourself will declare the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. But in reality, wouldn't it be more accurate to say the virgin conception? Talk about that a second. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. To get your head around the sense that uh, the Holy Spirit caused Mary to conceive is just an incredible thought spotless, sinless child coming to this world, not marred by the sin of man, not the seed of man, um, is, again, I don't think we can ever fully get our minds around it, but it captures us. Well, is it really that significant? That part of the story, is that really that important? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because even if you go back to Genesis and speak of of the, the seed of Eve that would crush the serpent's head, It had to be from the woman, and it always spoke of the man's seed. We see that he was born of a virgin coming in spotless, sinless, not tainted with this inherited sin. It's absolutely critical to our salvation, to our understanding of the depths of God's love. It's something that doesn't always click with everybody. Like I mentioned, we get sentimental about the baby in a manger. Yeah, and I think about, um, you know, even in Luke chapter 2, when Mary is is taking all of this in, all that's happened to her, and you come to this, this point where it says, and she treasured these things. I cannot begin to imagine what was going through that young girl's mind at the center of the salvation of man, that this baby was born. God, very God. We have a tendency to look at figures like Mary and others in the Bible, like these great people of faith, you know, and I'm not saying they didn't have faith. Oh, absolutely. But the initial announcement was really a shock to Mary, you know? She was like confused. <laughs> she intellectually was trying to figure this out. How is this going to happen? I'm a virgin. I'm engaged to this man. And of course, even an engagement was quite different yeah, at absolutely. that time. There was grounds for her to be stoned. Yeah, and, and it had to have gone through her mind to know that she was going to face the accusation that would come with being with child, yet having not consummated that marriage. I can't imagine the fear, but in that fear, as you said, let your will be done in me. Just a phenomenal thing to see her faith, but the reality of that, the difficulty of it, the drama of it was all so real. And sometimes we traditionalize and kind of you know whitewash a lot of that. It had to be a very difficult time. I can't imagine. You know, in the classic Isaac Watts hymn, Joy to the World, there's a line in that hymn that says, let every heart prepare him room. You know, it seems that our hearts have a no vacancy sign in the window when it comes to God's gift of Jesus. We try to find our joy by filling our heart with things, you know, Mm -hmm. in pursuit of uh, power and accomplishments and things like that. Yeah, there's so many things that would fight for our affections false things that give the impression that they can satisfy, but they never can. And it's only until we stop, really, even as a child, and look at the manger and the Christ child born to die, not just our salvation, but the satisfaction of our soul. There's so many things around Christmas that come just rushing at us. And I'm thankful that he gives us this time of the year to stop, to pause, to consider, and realize there's no satisfaction apart from Jesus. 
talking about that satisfaction, and even many of us try to please those around us, it can be financially tough. Of course, the items have gotten, you know, bigger and fancier, and now they're electronic, and they got all these yeah. bells and whistles, and trying to afford all that, you know, an iPhone or a, these gifts, I mean, it can be so crazy. Yeah, and, and so consuming. I mean, you look at the, the cost of the gifts. I mean, maybe my G.I. Joe back in the 70s was expensive. Did you have the talking G.I. Joe? I had every G.I. Joe you could imagine. <laughs> Kung Fu Grip was my favorite. But the things that people want now are also more consuming. You mentioned the iPhone or different technology. It can be overwhelming. Yeah, and there's this competition, you know, because Johnny at school, right. you know, is getting that gift. So I got to make sure my kid doesn't go back to class, you know, without having new clothes or the newest toy on the market. And I was thinking of that movie that was out a few years ago where there was just one gift that everybody tried to get, you know, yeah. and there was no more left. You know, there's a fighting, <laughs> you know, for the gift. And it seemed like we lose our minds, you know, at Christmas time. It does. And again, I think that's that's the world pressing in, trying to drown out the reality of Christmas pride and competition, you know, the Lord would say, peace, be still. Just look into the eyes of this child. That's where hope is found. How do we become intentional about making room for Christ in our hearts? Well, I think you start with the biblical truth that we have and consider it deeply. We read the Christmas story and we look at Luke chapter 2 or the other tellings of what happened. And I think sometimes we read them through as if it's a speed read and it's just a story. It's not a story. It's our story. It's his story. And to sit and to think on those things deeply, meditating on the Word of God is something that the hurry of the day just argues against. And I think we have to deliberately, intentionally stop and say, God, just show me anew the realities of this wonder. We have to push back against the rush. Many families will bring the Advent calendar into yeah. their homes. Have you done that? We've done that in the past, and I think that's a wonderful way to build your anticipation to not only the fact that he has come, but that he's coming again. I think that's a wonderful way to do it, again, to intentionally consider the realities of the story. What's the balance between tradition and the reality of why we celebrate Christmas? Uh, I, I'm not sure I have the answer to that one. That's, that's something I struggle with every year because we, you know, we're warned by those traditions and, and they have meaning within our families. And I think they're important. And I think tradition is good. But tradition should not drown out the realities of the gospel truth. And so I think with every family, there's a balance that's there between tradition and scriptural truth. We're still striving. Again, with the new grandchild this year, it'll be a new adventure trying to bring all that together. Oh, it'll be exciting around the Delau home for sure, I know. Absolutely. You have a couple of members of your church that are with us today. Yes. The Chews. They have actually been on our Christmas specials in the past. I have invited them to join us today to share in some music. Bethany has lost her voice. So <laughs> we did some rearranging. So we're going to provide some instrumental music. And I think this That'd is really quite appropriate for our conversation as we talk about pulling back from the stress of Christmas and the pressure of everything. Maybe close our eyes and reflect on the music. And the words, usually these songs already come to our hearts when we hear the music played. But uh, I know the Chews are a special family to you and your Absolutely. church. Absolutely. You know, just the friendship that they bring to me and my family and, and our church and their gifts and helping lead us in worship. This time of the year is always very special. And even when Bethany loses her voice right before the Christmas musical, not to bring up a sore truth, <laughs> the reality is that God is so much bigger than that. And he brings us together to celebrate. It's a wonderful thing. Before we 
get them to bring some music for us. Jonathan hasn't lost his voice. <laughs> yes. We're going to switch positions and have Jonathan maybe come and just share a little bit about the Chu family Christmas. Then we'll bring some of that wonderful music. That'd be great. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for coming by the studio today to celebrate Christmas with us, with Pastor Mike and your wife, Bethany, who's not able to talk right now. I know. So you're representing the Tube family. And this isn't your first time on our Christmas specials. You've been by no. before. Yeah. It's always an honor to get that call or text from you. And Bethany and I, we love it. We love getting an opportunity to come and share um, with the listeners and with you guys. And um, it's a, it's definitely a, an honor for us. As a professional musician who travels, yeah. recently you've been on the road with Big Daddy Weave. Is yeah, that right? That's right. Yeah. All uh, for the past year, I played um, 130 shows with them and it was just a fantastic experience. They're um, some amazing uh, men of God and uh, their hearts and just their, their desire to lead the church and worship, but then also to just lead them in prayer. Like we had some really amazing nights of just praying in the service over over people and just seeing some really amazing things on the road. And, and to, to say that modern miracles aren't happening anymore is just a lie because uh, I, I saw some really amazing things while I was traveling that just made me step back and go, what do I believe in my faith? Like I saw things that happened that I go, okay, that's God working here in this moment. The Holy Spirit's active in these communities, not just in the communities, but out and about. And, and you just have to dig in a little bit deeper and go, what do I really believe in? And yeah. um, do I have enough faith that when I pray for something and you go and speak it into that moment of going, I want God to step in this moment and heal this person. And I saw that happen. I had to open my heart bigger and go, wow. God, what are you doing? How can I trust you more to believe in this, in you, and that you are still at work? And so... Yeah, that's a, that was a, <laughs> no. I love that perspective because you know what's interesting is you're world class violinist yeah. performer, and what you do is entertaining. That's okay. Yeah. God's given you this gift as you traveled and you've been yeah. on you know concerts all over this country, and you see people respond to the heart of God to worship. Yeah, and we know worship is not just music. You that's know? right. Uh, it helps guide us, and it, it's, it's right. can be part of that. Yeah, and we will be singing in heaven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell our congregation all the time that you know what we do on stage is is a response to what God has been doing throughout the week. Music is a vocal and formed response. It's not just a cry. It's not just a groan. It's a. It's like I'm putting words, uh, the, I'm singing words that have been written in response to what God has done, but I'm using those words right now as a response to what God has been doing in my life. And that was something that was encouraged to us when we were on the road. You know, what we do on stage is... You know, we would be challenged afterwards, you know, after a show, we debrief after a show and just like, what did God tell you during the service? What scripture has been stirring your heart? And um, when you're on the road together, uh, every day is like a week, every week's like a month. Like it just, it, it goes by. And so you, you have long conversations that span over, over time. And it's interesting that I was reading the Christmas story way before Christmas because was, I was really convicted by a lot of what was going on in the story of the emotional and the social aspect of what was happening then. And just thinking that, you know, the pressures that Mary would have to go in to go to Joseph's town. She was walking back into his familiarity where he grew up and the things that, you know, may have been happening there. All that to say, the things that I learned from those moments translated into, well, there's an, we've been talking about this at church, this expectation, this anticipation, this holy anticipation, this desire to know him yes. and to experience 
that moment with him. And I love that because, you know, when we make the anticipation and the experience about the day, mm. about the gift and what I'm going to do, the activity, after it's over with, we're deflated. It's emptiness. Yeah. When we make it about him, about oh, yeah. Jesus, it's different, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's what we, we would pray for the services is this anticipation that Christ was speaking through us in our personal lives, that we would be able to engage people in the public of the stage and afterwards talking with people and talking with people that came to the concerts. And so uh, to wrap that back, kind of back up to where we were on the road, um, just praying into each night that God would just use the nights. We would be just merely a tool to be able to help break down walls in people's hearts. I think that's the one thing that we saw the most was a lot of people that would come to these shows. I didn't want to come to this show. My friend brought me. I, I just wanted to sit at home and be alone. And they would come to the show and they experienced something. Mike would, you know, would have a word that he had been reading or would say something from stage. We'd meet these people afterwards and they, was, they would tell us this, these thoughts of suicide and the thoughts of self-hate. And they had heard something and their attitude and their heart changed. That's not us. None of us is doing the changing. That is the Holy Spirit. That is the Word of God. That is Jesus working in their lives at that moment. It's just a matter of going, okay, are we as the people on stage going to be willing to share what has happening in our lives? Um, because at that moment, as when we share, it can affect somebody else's life because that's the way the, the message works. Yes. You I share the it. hope. Yes. You share what it, God's been doing. Again, it goes back to like, what are you anticipating in this time of especially in Christmas season, what are we anticipating? Are we anticipating cool gifts, like, you know, kind of what you were talking about earlier with Mike? Or are we anticipating that God would use the joy that we have, that we've received in the story that we have, this beautiful moment of him coming to earth, taking on earthly shape, not just show us in person, in his personal form, but teach us and, and give us hope in a physical in a physical person and just say, this is the hope. This is the thing I want you to share, the love. I want you to share the love that I brought and the share that I'm going to teach you how to, to, to share with people. That was kind of the whole year last year was just, <laughs> I, I, I learned a lot about just opening my heart bigger, being willing to be bold about to share what God's been doing in my life. I've been on the road for 20 years. I, sh I have a lot to share, but you know, there are a lot of moments that I just didn't feel like it was like, I, I'm going to hold this in. And God taught me a lot. It's like, no, don't hold it in. Share it. Take, get it out there. Someone needs to hear the story. Someone needs to hear what, what's going on. That is so. That was that, a challenge that, for me this year. No, that is great. That's a great word. I needed to hear that myself. <laughs> I really did. Not just receiving the message, but communicate life change. You yeah. Know, and what the great things that God has done in my life. You yeah. Know? These miracles, you know, yeah, that absolutely. I can't explain. I couldn't do myself. That's right. People listening today, Jonathan, I believe, that are living in hopelessness. Mm. In the reality of this season, they want to push it away. They just don't want to deal with it. There's too much pain. There's a there's yeah. death of a family member right. or there's loss of a job. There's these issues that happen, bad memories, you know, this time. God speaks to me and um, he stirs my heart in very unique ways in pictures and in things that life experiences. And I hope other people experience God this way, too. Um, but I was talking to Bethany the other night. This idea came to mind when I was looking at our Christmas tree and I didn't have all the words at the moment, but it, it kind of formulated over the past few days of it's hard to see a a single burnt out Christmas tree light in the back or in, in the middle of it until you like really dig into the tree and you go, oh, that light's out because all the other lights, you know, are, are kind of covering it over. Right. And that's similar to the season. There's a lot of joy in this season, obviously. There's a lot of 
brightness to this season. There's a lot of happiness. But there is someone around you, they may have a light out, They're, that their light may be out, that they are in a place that they don't want to see anybody. They don't want to talk to anybody. They want to just hide. That's the moment that you need to come into their life and share the hope of Christ with them. And that may look like bringing food over. That may be like, hey, what can I do to help you with your house? What can I do? Do you need yard work done? Do you need something? Do you need groceries? What can we do as a family, as a church? How can we step into your life and be light into your to hopefully reignite your light. Um, oh, so that, that was that was something that God spoke to me the other day. It's like, what am I going to do as us as a family, as a church? What are we going to do to bring light into our community, to find the missing light, the burnt out light that may be out there that we can step in and help reignite? As we reflect on the light of yeah. Jesus coming to earth, what he offers us, and yeah. just a, a time to introspect, maybe close our eyes and to think about what God has offered us in this precious gift of Christ. You and Bethany want to share with us? Sure, let's do it. music from the Choose. Mike, didn't you enjoy that? Absolutely. They are incredible. Such a blessing. I love that song. And as I said, a time to kind of just close our eyes and reflect. We've talked about this before. There's just something about music that unites us in worship and such a vehicle to kind of ignite our hearts to just praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Amen. You know, and that's what we have in this Christ child who I'm so thankful that God's plan was to rescue us. It was not just in a cradle. It was on a cross. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it comes full circle. 
that uh, to understand the depths of the joy that we celebrate in the child, we have to understand the cross and that Jesus proclaimed it is finished. He has provided for us. He has shown his love. He has done all that, that he can do. And uh, now we just respond. There's another aspect of the story, too, his return. When we speak about Advent and, and his first Advent and look forward to him coming again and looking forward to that day when we and all, every tongue, every tribe will, will worship the Lamb. We'll spend eternity enjoying his presence. It's going to be wonderful. And friend, we hope that that place in your heart is with Christ. You know him in a way you're going to be there with us. That's right. Mike, somebody maybe is curious. They've been hearing this story and maybe for the first time it kind of clicked. What can they do right this moment to receive this gift of Jesus? Well, you know, you recognize what the gospel truth is, and that is a man was in desperate need because of sin. And uh, there was really no way that we could reconcile ourselves with God. But God, in his love, uh, demonstrated that in that way. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So even as we celebrate this Christmas, we realize that we receive that truth and trust in what Jesus has done. So what a person can do is understand that the gospel is Jesus came and lived a spotless, sinless life, that baby born to die. Yet there came the day when he willingly allowed himself to be nailed to the cross to satisfy an infinite offense against an infinite God and in love laid down his life, body bruised and blood poured out for us to receive the gift of that provision in Jesus Christ. What they can do right now is realize today is the day of salvation. Come to Jesus. Thank you, Mike, and thank you for bringing your team with Bethany and Jonathan here to help us celebrate this wonderful occasion. such a privilege. We appreciate it. And as we close, I also want to mention that Jonathan Chu has a brand-new CD, Songs My Father Loved. Yes. His father passed away just a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. What a, a dear man of God. These are some songs, a reflection that Jonathan has created with his amazing violin playing, and I'm sure there's some other instrumentation here, too. This CD is available, and if you would like to get a copy, you can go to Jonathan Chu, C-H-U-Creative.com. Jonathan Chu, Creative.com. And these CDs are available, songs like He Leadeth Me, Holy, 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 Be Thou My Vision, Tis So Sweet, and The Old Rugged Cross. And these are wonderful songs to enjoy and maybe to order as Christmas gifts or any time of the year you could listen to these songs. That's right. And they are a blessing. I've listened to them all and wow. well, such a wonderful blessing. Well, Mike, thank you so much again. And I just want to pray blessings on you and Dana and thank the family you as you celebrate Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you and to yours <laughs> as well. Right. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. 